You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Course Report Podcast. I'm Imogen from Course Report, and on this episode, we're going to learn all about a technology you may have heard of, but may not be familiar with. In today's world, an understanding of the ecosystem beyond coding can be the difference between a junior and a senior software engineer. And one part of that ecosystem is cloud computing infrastructure like Amazon Web Services, also known as AWS. So today we have Shno Mazingo joining us, who is the head of curriculum from Codesmith in Los Angeles and a very experienced coder. He is going to tell us the basics of AWS, tell us how companies are using it in real life, and why an understanding of AWS can be useful for software engineers on the job. So welcome, Shno, and thank you so much for making time to be on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you. So maybe we can start and just for some context for our readers, you could give us um, a bit of background about yourself. Sure thing. So to begin, I'm I'm the head of curriculum here at Codesmith and the lead instructor in L.A. Uh, I got into the industry uh, back in the mid 90s, around 95, um, working initially in C and Pearl across the the finance and telecom sectors um, before eventually getting into web development. I came into uh, technology from a non-technical background. I do not have a CS degree. Uh, I mm-hmm. didn't grow up programming computers. But what I what I found was a technical curiosity that I was able to leverage along with tenacity mm-hmm. towards discovering how to kind of break into this industry Uh, because I found in this industry what I love about it and that that is that it is a meritocracy. It is much more concerned with what you can do and less about where you come from. It's not about what your pedigree is. It's not about what your, you know, uh, all of your degrees and whatnot. If you can do the work and at the same time be a good human to the people that you work with, this industry mm-hmm. has a place for you. So I, I really, you know, just focused on that and started building my technical awareness uh, I, and started working on understanding, you know, these things, C and, and Pearl and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. And with that, kind of started building my career, which I've been doing now for, for almost 25 years. So it's it's a great industry to be in, and, and I'm really glad that I've found Codesmith in a way to give back to this industry that's given so much to me. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool that, that you you kind of came into tech the same way that all these boot camp students are coming in through it. Very much so. Really cool. Very much so. Great. So next question. Can you mm-hmm. kind of explain for a beginner what is AWS and what its sort of origins are? Sure. Okay. So, I mean, let's let's start with kind of defining, you know, the cloud. And this takes a bit of kind of understanding what it was like in the old days. 
in the old days, if a company wanted to, you know, have a presence in the technology space, you had to have a data center. You had to have some place to host all of these computers, and these computers required IT professionals. So you had to have an IT team to run everything. You had to have redundant power hooked up. You had to have, you know, backups and redundancies and, uh, you know, all of these things in place. You had to keep the room at a certain temperature because machines ran hot. It's mm-hmm. a lot of resources, time and effort that goes into, you know, the equipment uh, and all the software that runs on it to give you your foothold in the technology <laughs> space. That presents a barrier of entry for companies, entrepreneurs, you know, innovators that want to enter the space that don't have the resources to build all of this infrastructure. And back in the early 90s, Amazon was one of these early players in the e-commerce space. And AWS kind of grew out of their need to kind of build that infrastructure for themselves. And as they did so, uh, Bezos, you know, the CEO of of Amazon, Mm -hmm. he required that every department of Amazon basically act like its own mini company. If they needed uh, data or resources from another department, they had to build an enterprise-grade interface to retrieve that data. So they kind of started building out what would turn into these services that they provide to other companies by building that infrastructure and that uh, mindset within Amazon. What what ended up happening and, and how all of this comes to fruition and how it becomes available to all of these companies is they took this mindset and they took basically a lot of money and a lot of resources to start building data centers that had all of the hardware, that had all of the uh, redundant power, that had the, you know, crack IT teams that are managing all of this and making this available to other companies outside of AWS. Instead of having to build all of this infrastructure, they can effectively rent this infrastructure from AWS. That lowers the barrier of entry uh, for innovators and entrepreneurs. Now, you know, you don't have to have an on-site data center. You can rely on AWS and all of AWS's uh, redundancies, high availability, all the things Mm -hmm. that make that infrastructure valuable. There are kind of other competitors to AWS, of course, in that space. Google, of course, has Google Cloud. Microsoft has some Azure. Oracle uh, has their offerings well. But none of these Mm -hmm. other cloud providers really come close to uh, the footprint that AWS has in this space. Uh, AWS owns about 30% of the market. um, And I think maybe second to that is Microsoft Azure at maybe Mm -hmm. 15%. And so... You know, you've, you've mentioned that AWS is data centers where people can host all their all their websites and things like that. But how how do companies actually 
use AWS in practice? Like, do they just, you know, sign up to AWS and have everything kind of hosted there? Or is there kind of more kind of interaction that can go on? So AWS provides dozens of services, uh, things ranging from standard uh, servers where we would, for example, run our websites and whatnot, and databases where we Mm -hmm. store our persistent data that our websites would use, uh, basic things like that, all the way to uh, robotics, game development, um, AR, you know, augmented reality. There's there's a lot of different services that they provide through all of these data centers that are spread globally uh, throughout the world and act as, you know, kind of failovers. If something fails in, in one region, you can roll over to another region. Uh, so it kind of disaster recovery on top of all of these uh, services as well. As a company, you would sign up for AWS, you would identify what services you need. You know, as web developers, we need really only a small subset of those. Uh, We need a way to host our website. We need a way to route uh, URLs to that website. We need a way to store data. And we need a place to store uh, files, like maybe videos and images and things like that. So that's really only a handful of, of services that we need. I mean, there's a bit of a learning curve, but it's really easy you know, relatively easy compared to how it used to be to set all of these services up in AWS and get your website mm-hmm. hosted with a full API and everything. So do developers need to interact with AWS every day or is it kind of something they just set up and then it runs itself? There's certainly setup that has to happen out of the gate to, to get things configured. And what is often done is people will employ what they call continuous integration and deployment through uh, third-party vendors uh, like Jenkins or Travis CI. AWS also provides uh, their own uh, version of this, but your AWS configuration is done. It should be a simple matter from the developer standpoint of working with their code repository to push up Mm -hmm. code and merge that code into the base. And then once that Mm -hmm. code merges, the continuous integration and deployment pieces take over and run tests on that code and then send that up to AWS for deployment. So once it's set up, the impact on the web developer um, you know, that's sitting there writing code and, and making changes mm-hmm. is very minimal, which is awesome if you consider all of the steps that would be required manually to go through and deploy that code. And then are you able to give some examples of, of what sort of companies use AWS? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I, the U.S. government, <laughs> the CIA, mm-hmm. Amazon uh, represents a large part of internet traffic. There's actually, I heard about a Chrome extension that you can get that basically eliminates or blocks any requests going off to uh, AWS. 
and it ends up blocking like 40% of sites. Wow. Now, that's what I heard. And this is why it represents so much of internet traffic. Netflix, uh, right. NASA, Expedia, Slack, uh, Adobe, right. Comcast. You know, so it's it's definitely, it's, it's a lot of big players. Um, and you were mentioning Azure and Google Cloud before. Mm-hmm. Why do you think AWS has kind of become more widely used than those other options? Because they were the pioneer. These other, uh, you know, Google, Microsoft, Oracle, et cetera, all of these kind of came to the game, you know, a, a little later. And it definitely, it definitely has made the difference. AWS has done it and, and they've really done it well. I, I think, you know, having that, that vision and foresight to say, this is how we're going to build our company, that we're going to build it with this focus on, you know, networking best practices, on extensibility, on um, adaptability, uh, and on scalability. You know, with that being the mandate coming down from the top on how they're going to progress as a company, I think that's really paid off. Can a company use AWS regardless of their technology stack? Uh, well, so there are a lot of technology stacks that are accommodated within AWS. Uh, <laughs> one of the Basic elements of AWS is what they call an AMI, an Amazon machine image. And people can create custom AMIs out of whatever tech stack they want to to use. So, yeah, I would say that it, it makes itself available and adaptable to whatever tech stack any company wants to, to use. And so why does Codesmith teach AWS as part of the DevOps unit? Because what we want to do is kind of take a a holistic approach at building well-rounded engineers that are autonomous problem solvers. And what we found is that there are a lot of startups these days. There are a lot of companies that that where you you kind of come in and you're wearing many hats. So the broader your understanding of the technologies, not just of web development, but of the ecosystem surrounding web development, the broader your understanding and deeper your understanding of these things, the more prepared you are to go and get that mid or senior level engineering job. And are there, you know, you mentioned that there's all sorts of functionalities that you can do with AWS. Um, are there specific things about AWS that you're teaching in this unit? Uh, we are focusing on the uh, the elements of AWS that support web development. We are also incorporating Docker, which is kind of its its own discussion, uh, which is containerization, et cetera. So we are focusing on, as far as the AWS part goes, uh, EC2, which is their Elastic Compute Cloud, uh, it effectively is your server right. on RDS, which is their relational database service to supply persistent data on uh, S3, which is their static file service, and on Elastic Beanstalk. 
because Elastic Beanstalk is kind of a, a wizard and a GUI that that you can use to build these environments out of EC2s and, and RDS mm. and whatnot. And so I think you've kind of already answered this next question, but are there any specific advantages of learning how to use AWS as a beginner coder? Well, hmm. it's hard to say that it's what I would focus on as a beginning coder. I would say that it's something to be aware of. It's this is not crawling. This is, you know, this is walking, <laughs> you know. So when you're starting out as a beginning coder, you want to get the the fundamentals of logic flow and an understanding of algorithms and data structures and, and whatnot. You want to focus on that. But know that there is a broader ecosystem that beyond just the, you know, connecting the dots as an engineer to get things working in your program, that mm -hmm. there is an ecosystem outside of that that supports, maintains, and makes that code available for people to use. And as you begin to broaden your scope outside of just, you know, those fundamentals of getting your program to work and understanding this greater ecosystem, um, an understanding of AWS or, you know, other cloud systems is vital um, in, in the world of, of technology. And are there any disadvantages of learning how to use AWS? Well, I mean, are there ever disadvantages to learning? No, but it certainly is a, it's a steep learning curve. And there are some fundamental understandings of technology that you'll want to ideally have a sense of before uh, undertaking AWS. Uh, like a, a fundamental understanding of client-server technology, you know, understanding what mm -hmm. the, the relationship is between a client, which is, you know, your browser on your laptop uh, and the mm -hmm. server, you know, which is the machine sitting on the back end where you're, you know, you're sending these requests to the server. So having an understanding of client-server technology, having an awareness of different types of uh, network protocols, knowing that, you know, there is uh, this HTTP protocol that we use, a secure version mm -hmm. of that called HTTPS. So understanding right. that there's different ways that we can talk uh, back and forth between client and server. A basic understanding of, uh, you, you know, like what is an IP address? Understanding, you know, the way uh, that we address things on the internet. Uh, understanding DNS, uh, domain name uh, services, and, and how we turn a URL into an IP address so that we can address things on the internet. And that's why I say this isn't, this isn't kind of early on uh, beginning to code topics that you're going to hit. These are things that as you start to broaden your scope and understand the ecosystem around it, these things are going to, to evidence themselves. As, as web developers, these are things mm -hmm. that you're going to, to encounter because when you want to, you know, make a request from your web page to a server in order to get information, you're going to have to kind of understand 
I need to send an Ajax request uh, to a URL. So these are things that you're going to learn through the process of becoming a, a web developer. Are there, are there kind of specific jobs that require knowledge of AWS or do only some jobs require knowledge, some kind of DevOps type jobs require AWS? In larger companies, you're, you're certainly going to have your DevOps engineers. They're going to be responsible mm -hmm. for setting up and maintaining all of this. In smaller companies, in startups, you know, certainly we, we have people that uh, go into companies that are four people, you know, and you end up wearing a lot of hats there. And you have the opportunity in these smaller companies to onboard kind of more understanding of a broader range of things. So, you know, you may find yourself ending up as a, a database administrator. You may find yourself uh, the, you know, being in charge of DevOps. So, you know, the thing that we really try to stress here at Codesmith is don't get tied to any one particular uh, framework or language, you know, what you are building are the skills of an engineer, the ability to uh, research, parse, and implement. And that ability is what qualifies you as an engineer, not your understanding of React or you know Angular or anything like that. It's really that mm -hmm. underlying ability to always dig in, research, and understand. And DevOps mm -hmm. is just another arena of technology to to strengthen and broaden and deepen your knowledge. So once someone has that underlying understanding, are there any resources you recommend for someone to start learning AWS? Well, you know, fortunately, uh, we we live in the age where everything is available through a couple of clicks. Just, you know, of course, the, the Amazon documentation itself, you know, Amazon is always you know, putting out more uh, tutorial videos, et cetera. You know, if you just Google getting started with AWS, uh, the first place it takes you is amazon.com. Um, so there's certainly those things. I, I actually do have a, a shout out to give to, uh, there's a fellow named Max uh, Schwartzmuller on YouTube. He has a great series of videos. Uh, if you find Academind on YouTube, then, obviously, you know, there's all sorts of great books out there. I always recommend the O'Reilly books. Those are great resources. And then I would be a terrible team member here if I didn't recommend Codesmith, you know, where we just offer this as part of a holistic approach to becoming a, a well-rounded, autonomous, problem-solving engineer. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Joe. It was really great to chat. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emerson. Thanks a lot. And to everyone who is listening, we, of course, love feedback. So email us at hello at coursereport.com and let us know who you'd like to hear from on the next Course Report podcast. And if you enjoyed this podcast, help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving a review. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, y'all.